Happy New Year, everybody. Hey, hey, did anyone here watch John Oliver? Watch the, yeah? Last year, in the end of 2016, he always ends up uh, his seasons at about September, October of the year. And so at the end of that season, he actually stopped and had this giant farewell to the year because it was the worst year ever and he hated 2016. And thank goodness 2017 is coming, right? And it was giant fireworks and pinwheels and everything going off. Like, it's over. It's over, people. Have a great week. How? And then 2017 hit. And we're like, 2016 just seemed awesome, didn't it? Yeah. It's been a year, guys. It has been a year. So we're going to take a few moments. We're going to ponder some stuff about what happens. Like, one thing that I actually want to point out, and this is going to sound funny, I, I really enjoy New Year's. I enjoy Christmas because I enjoy focusing on Christ. I enjoy New Year because I enjoy looking at things and and I enjoy new things happening. I enjoy Groundhog Day because it means we're even a little bit closer to summer coming back, you know, because I hate winter. Actually, now that I think about it, I like all winter holidays because every time one of them hits, I'm closer to it not being winter anymore, (laughs) right? It's just what happens every time. Oh, oh, side note as well. Groundhog's Day in 2020 is on a Sunday. And so I fully plan, just in case y'all are here at that time, I fully plan on having about a 15-minute sermon, and then we're going to do communion, then we're going to do worship, but the worship's going to be the same two songs we did again, then I'm going to walk right back up and do the same sermon again. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> we're going to do it. I think it's the holiday at this moment I now most look forward to in the future. <sighs> Anywho. I enjoy New Year's largely because I enjoy whenever we get to actually stop and reflect on things ending and new things happening. It always makes me happy. It's a little bit exciting. And one thing that I like to do in New Year's, and this actually really hit this year whenever I was having my accountability group that I have on Wednesdays with some guys uh, from the area, is to stop and reflect on just what has occurred in the past year. Because sometimes there are things that bring us joy, and sometimes there are things that bring us sorrow. And sometimes there are things that make us happy. Sometimes there are things that make us sad. But it is always worth remembering and reflecting on where we've been. Because it helps us remember where we're going, right? So real quick, just want to toss it out here. Who here is willing to say something that has affected them over this past year? Be it joyously or be it rough. Is anyone willing to say anything? Hit me, Jake. I love my health. (laughs) Come on, that has to be untrue, because at some point you were starting your first job before you got your second. Come on now. Had to be at least a three-week process in there. <laughs> Touche. I'm joking, he's awesome. <laughs> I always say that about people's kids. I'm like, no, they're okay. I like your kid. All right. Anyone else? Something that has 
supremely affected your life in the past year that you're willing to speak about, uh, either that brings you great joy or that is worth remembering? I'll kick out one. Uh, this past year, uh, it's been a blessing to me. So my guys asked me, uh, what, what has been a thing that has brought me joy this year? And there's been like four major things, right? One is odds are being healthy still. One is Anna and the way she is growing and maturing. One is the way Jake is growing and maturing. I actually found out that I love him, and I'm like, I love seeing him just like, he's already been a man, but now he's like a man-man. Like, straight up, it's like, everything kicks in. <laughs> Brent, help! Right? And then one is uh, just Christy and the way that she has found more peace uh, in her workplace. That's been wonderful as well. Uh, and then obviously there's this place, right? Who knew this time last year we'd be meeting here? All right, it's working. We're working on it. I didn't say that we would just exactly what we imagined everything would be. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming along, right? But another fun one. I'll even just kick this one out, guys. Guess what? Last year, at the end of the year, our total giving was $63,000 for the year, right? This year, so far, it's been 81. We actually have risen 18 grand in giving over the past year. So thank you for that. That's something I never expected. But my goodness, gives me stuff to look forward to next year, right? Maybe we won't be at $20 every week. Who knows? I've just enjoyed the way that we have a church have been growing and maturing too. Uh, it's exciting. But New Year's, we reflect on what's occurred and we look forward to what's to come, right? We reflect on who we are and who we've been and where we're going and we look forward to what's going to be happening in the future, which, if you want to nutshell it, is a decent amount of what Christianity is, honestly. We remember what Christ has done and what he has done for us. And we look forward to what he is going to do in the future, both in our lives today and whenever he returns, right? And it's worth noting that this concept of renewal, of Christ renewing, is one that pops up over and over again in Scripture, that God is a God who makes all things new, that he renews the world. And it's one of the things that actually basically bookends the Bible. He starts out creating a new thing, the world right? All of existence. And at the end of it, in Revelation, we see Christ recreating the entire world, all of creation. And that which has existed for all time will be renewed and made completely new. This is what we look forward to. In Revelation 21.5, it says this, he who is seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. And as we look through the book of Revelation, we actually see Jesus doing this over and over again. He redoes everything that he did in the first seven days of creation. He makes it all new again, and he's making you new too. So check this out. 2 Corinthians 4.16, we see this. Therefore we do not lose heart. He's speaking about the therefore here. He's speaking about what Jesus has been doing and the way in which he's been changing people's lives over and over again, right? And so therefore, we don't lose heart whenever we face extreme circumstances. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. 
So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He points out the fact that not only is Christ continuously keeping the world in place, right? So we know that Christ by himself keeps all things in existence, but he actually points out that we are being made new every day. You and me are being renewed moment by moment by Christ. That recreative aspect that he is going to do in Revelation, he is currently doing in you and me now. We're being made new every day. And he says, because of this renewal that we are currently undergoing, we can let our troubles and the things that we have faced, the problems that we deal with every day, pass away. We can allow them to pass us by. And we can look forward to not what we see on this world, but what Christ is doing eternally, both within us and overall. We get to see that the troubles of the world matter less than we sometimes give them credit for, right? talked about how 2017 was rough, right? Yeah, oh, at times it was. Depending on your political persuasion, there's some political stuff that happens you may not like. Uh, depending on whether you know people who live in other areas of the world, there may be rough stuff that happened. We saw a lot of people uh, get hurt. A lot of people hurt other people this year. Uh, we've seen a lot of bad things happen, right? Which sadly is to be expected in the world we live in going to occur because we live in a world that's not perfect. We live in a world that's, uh, I want to say, populated by uh, what I like to call people. And people, as you know, sometimes suck. I do. And sometimes they suck really bad. Because they are horrible at times, because we at times are horrible, the world is a horrible place. It's not the best to live in. And if we see that, and if we think this is all that we can expect forever and all of eternity, if our hope has to come from people, we are going to have ourselves some rough times, right? Uh, I say this again, politically especially, as we talk about this, if your hope for how our country is going to run or how we as people are going to exist comes from people, it doesn't matter whether you're on the side that's winning or losing right now. If you're hoping in people, you're missing the point because people can't bring hope. People can point to hope, but we can't bring it ourselves. Who makes all things new? Nope, nope, not that one. Let's go to this one. Who makes all things new? All right, again in 2 Corinthians in 5. This is pushing back a little further than what we just read. It says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. 
gospel. In case you, gospel. No one ever asked you what the gospel is? That. <laughs> we know that one died for all, and therefore all have died. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we might become God's righteousness. The old is gone, the new creation has come. This is the good news that Christ brings. The gospel is about renewal. The gospel is about changed life. The gospel is about God bringing us into relation with himself whenever we can't not deserve it on our own, right? And guys, this good news is in fact good news. Who here has benefited from this good news? Anyone? Can you think of someone who's benefited from the good news of Christ? Anyone here? Thank you. Thank you. The majority of us, I would hope. Perhaps all of us, all right? We've benefited from his good news. What he has done is good, right? Just consider this again. I'm going to kick it out here just one more time, really quick. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. Paul, at this point, is speaking about why he does the work he does why he goes forth and proclaims the gospel as boldly as he does, why he is called for people to do the same thing, why he lives the kind of life he lives. And this is his answer why. Christ's love compels him to. And what does that love look like? One person died for all. Jesus died for us all. Quick concept. Does Christ's love compel you to do the same thing? Does his love for you compel you to therefore go and proclaim what he's done to others? To speak it to those you know and love. You don't got to be as bold as Paul. I'm not expecting you to go into Asia Minor or get close to Asia Minor and be sent into Greece. Whatever. Book of Acts, right there. That occurs in case you're wondering. No? Yeah. Huh? She didn't, uh, no. True. You are far closer to Greece and Asia Minor at most points in your life than I am. That's very true, okay? We're not really compelled in that way very often, right? We're not, not all going to be Paul. We're not all going to literally wander throughout parts of the world unknown and proclaim him loudly and boldly and get stoned and shipwrecked and broken and beaten and stand up and proclaim again. We're likely not going to be arrested for our faith and then proclaim our faith while being arrested and then have an earthquake happen so that we could escape if we want to, but hang out in jail again so that we can claim that faithfulness anymore. Like, we're not going to get these opportunities like Paul does, right? But, fun story, while Paul had a giant and huge effect on Christianity, guess what? The majority of people who became followers of Christ throughout the world did not become followers of Christ through the preaching of someone like Paul. They didn't. Do you know how they did? Parents proclaiming the gospel to their kids family members proclaiming gospel to the family members and friends proclaiming the gospel to their friends this is how the gospel moves sometimes it moves miraculously sometimes we'll speak and 2,000 people will become followers of Christ and scatter throughout the world but sometimes it's friends and family talking to each other and just say this is why I take joy in what God has done in my life and this is what I can tell you about him too Romans, 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Your life should change because of what Christ has done in your life. You should change in some way, shape, or form. This is not something our culture likes a lot to think about, right? We're not really a culture that says, hey, guess what? There's parts of your life that should change. We prefer at times to say, you know what? I'm cool just the way I am, and I can show up just the way I am, and I'll be welcome and loved just the way I am, which is completely true, by the way. We will be, but that's step one. It's being loved and accepted and welcomed in. Step two is looking at Christ, seeing his goodness, his holiness, his greatness, recognizing his love for us, and saying, okay, I surrender. I give up. I'm not good. You're good. I'm not holy. You're holy. As Isaiah proclaims loudly whenever he sees the glory of God, woe is to me, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips from a people of unclean lips. This dude who proclaimed the gospel before the gospel was a known thing, this guy who proclaimed Jesus centuries before Jesus came, was confronted by the holiness of God and literally said, well, I should die. Please, just, just kill me now. I can't. I'm not good enough to be here. I am not great. Please. And then God has mercy on him. Not just mercy, but straight up takes a hot coal, like burns his mouth. Says, don't worry, your lips are clean. Go forth, proclaim what I say. We hear, we respond. He is constantly renewing us, and we are constantly renewing our minds in him. What should happen then? What should happen then? He should be glorified in every aspect of our life that we possibly can, right? That's an obvious one. But let's talk about this too. I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions usually, right? I don't like them because I think they're dumb and they don't work. If you resolve to lose weight in January, you're not going to, which is why I, being intelligent, resolved to start in the middle of December. <laughs> yeah. It's been going great, guys. Great. Don't laugh too hard. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> What we resolve to do often doesn't happen. But there's still something worthwhile to goal setting or to considering ways in which we could attempt to grow in the coming year, right? That's the sort of concept new resolutions are about. And that's the one I think is more healthy. It's not so much about how I'm going to change literally everything overnight, but how can I do one thing in a slightly more wiser, intelligent way, perhaps, right? So. I'll sneak in. You ready? All right, I've got, a, I've got a resolution to test on you, both for myself and I want to sort of challenge you guys to do as well. We have spent years as a body of believers stepping into a place of semi-maturity, right? We've spent years to get there. It's taken a long time. We had a lot of stuff to work through when we first started, and then as that occurred, we had a lot of stuff to keep building up to as well. We had to get to the point where we could pay some staff members. We had to get to the point where we could recognize what our roles are as leaders. We had to wait until we got to the point where we could appoint leaders throughout, right? And then we had to get to a point where there's a possibility we could welcome more people to join with us. We couldn't at the other space, right? 
And about halfway through, you would hang out there. And if, like, four extra families showed up, we're like, and we're full. And we're crushed. And everyone except for Jake doesn't like this because Jake likes crowded metal shows. I don't know why. Right? Of course. Rarely should church feel like a mosh pit. It's my general concept. All right? As I tell Anna, we have two rules in this household. One of them is this, and the other one is never get involved in a land war in Asia. No? Princess Bride reference? Come on, people. That should have gotten a much bigger giggle. There we go. I like him. <laughs> all right, right, all right. Anywho. Res- oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, all right, side note. All right, I, I got the audio book for As You Wish, which is... Uh, uh, Elwes, Carrie Elwes's memoir, and he does the narration. Oh, it's so good. Every time, huh? I'm what? You say nerd? Yes, I am a nerd. That I know. No, okay. Huh? Inconceivable. Anywho, back in. We're back in. Resolution for the year. Everyone buy that book. Get out. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh. Did you hear that? Everyone else heard that too? All right. But it stopped, so we're going to assume I did no permanent damage. Mike is not here. He can't yell at me too heavily right now. Okay. Back in. Resolution time. Guys, I'm not a huge fan of the church growth movement, right? I'm growing a church for the sake of getting bigger. I don't like that concept. They're upstairs? Okay. I thought for a second I had actually somehow broken this and caused it to catch, like, radio waves. Yeah, like, I don't even care. I'm talking about my serious part, and slowly just an angelic choir starts singing behind me. Like, this feels timed, guys. No, okay. Back in again. I'm sorry. We'll talk about this in a bit. You know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Anywho, I'm not a huge fan of church growth for church growth's sake. However, I want you to consider this. Who here has had their lives changed by spending time with Jake? Who here has had their lives changed by spending some time with me? Who here has had their lives changed by spending some time with someone else in this building? Who here has benefited from uh, spending time worshiping their Savior on Sundays? Who here has benefited from gathering as a small group outside? Right? We live in a time whenever people hate the concept of church, but guess what? All those things we just talked about were ways in which we worked together as the church. If those things benefited you, do you think they would benefit your friends and family as well? I do. Who here, uh, we'll re-raise hands for this one. Who here said they benefited from spending time with Jake? Right? Who here thinks they have friends or family who would benefit in a similar way if they spent some time with Jake. That's being the church. (laughs) That's how we proclaim the gospel to our friends and family if necessary. (coughs) Side note as well then, there's going to be another thing that happens sometime soon, and many of you are already starting to step in this way, but many of you are going to be the new Jakes. 
who you will be a boon to those who get to spend time with you because you look more like Jesus and they get to learn what that looks like. And eventually there will be people that you know who will be inviting their friends and family to spend time with you for the same reason. Music is going to throw me off every time. Here's what I'd like us to resolve to do, right? Guys, I want us to resolve to invite some of our friends and family to benefit in the same ways we've benefited each other. If you've benefited spending time with Jake at a place like the Oracle, invite friends and family to spend time with Jake at the Oracle too. And then as you grow and learn and develop in your relationship with Christ, realize that you can be a boon to other people just like Jake is, right? If you have benefited from spending time with me, same deal, invite friends and family to spend time with me. I'll try and make more time available to do so, but realize that I'm not that super special, guys. The things that I'm trying to teach you are things that I had to learn as well. And as you're learning them, you'll be just as beneficial to your friends and family as I am. So invite them to spend some time with you as well. If you have benefited from being part of the 2-1 something, 242, thank you. The 219, 812, the 330, no? I don't know your address is what's happening here. In case you're wondering, I have no idea where you live. Yeah. If you benefited from that, it's worth inviting other people to be part of it, right? And if you benefit from being here on Sunday, it's worth inviting other people to be here as well because they may benefit too. Our goal is not to grow for the sake of growth and to be big and awesome. Our goal is to proclaim Christ more and more, to help other people be made new as we have been made new, to be part of that ministry of reconciliation because we have been reconciled to God through Christ and he has called for us to reconcile the world to himself as well. This is what we do. I like to set goals. I would love to see us have between 30 and 50 new guests walk through these doors before summertime. So that we can proclaim Christ to each of them. And that we can invite them into relationship with people who love Jesus. And we can see Christ glorified in their lives as well. Are you willing to work with me towards this goal? Yeah. I'm excited for it. But just, I'm going to toss out here as well. I'm also a little scared. Always slightly worrisome. But it's very exciting. And I'm excited for this reason too, because uh, if people come and glorify Christ and grow in relationship and grow in maturity and faithfulness and love, it's not going to be a work of us. It'll be a work of Christ. This takes some of the burden off of us guys because he's the one who does all the heavy lifting. He's the one who makes all things new. I'm excited to see what he makes new in your lives this year. I'm excited to see what he makes new in our collective lives this year. I'm excited to see what he makes new in Canton this year. Let's join him in this ministry. Let's join him in making all things new. Amen?